You're listening to The Omni Show, where we connect with the amazing community surrounding The Omni Group's award-winning products. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and today we learn how Eric Heading uses OmniGraffle. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Omni Show. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and excited today to talk to Eric Hedin. Eric is a sound designer and composer that's been using OmniGraffle for theater for many years to visually map out a performance sounds and emotional flow. Eric's done many, many shows, and it's really cool to get to talk to him today about how he uses OmniGraffle. Eric, welcome to The Omni Show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be a part of The Omni Show. Well, the honor's ours, and thank you also for doing this interview in English. Uh, I know that you're from Europe, and English probably is not your first language, but really excited to be able to share this story about how you like to use OmniGraffle internationally. It's it's just such a cool story. Wow. Thank, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Sweden, but I live in Norway, so it's like maybe my third language, English. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I barely have the English language mastered. It's my first language, and so third language, that's saying something. And thank you again for joining us. I know the reason we're here is for OmniGraffle, but before we get into that, uh, sound designer and composer, I would love for you to share with all of us what your career track looks like. How did you end up in this space? And what do you find yourself doing day to day? Yeah, I'm happy to tell you about it. I'm uh, always been interested in uh, sound and sound effects. And I think I'm a listener. I uh, relate to the world through my ears or I, as a child I couldn't really ignore sounds around me even if I was supposed to read a book or something I was always listening to what's happening around me and when I was seven years old I got a computer Commodore 64 and uh, I started to make sound effects on that computer later on in my teens I uh, started with the theater and acting uh, after a while, I got the idea I could combine like my interest for theater and my interest for sound. And now I'm a sound designer for theater. That's fantastic, Eric. And I have to say, too, Commodore 64 was my first computer as well. So I, if you know about the blue loading screen and just the nostalgia attached to all of that, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really like, yeah, yeah, really significant uh, sound effects and the music on that computer. It's really, yeah, it's a strong aesthetic uh, expression, I think. Eric, talk to me more about how you came across OmniGraffle and the Omni Group. Was it a very specific memory where you're like, oh, that's that's the first time I saw them? Or did it just kind of show up over the years and you just had this awareness of, you know, hey, this software eventually becomes something that I use a lot? Uh, no, I, I have a specific memory that we, I was studying at the university, studying sound design for theater. And we were, my teacher, were trying out different programs to draw a map of the stage and place out the speakers and we were trying out different programs and I had like demo or, or something I think of OmniGraffle number two on my computer that came I think yeah, the computer was chipped with that the, the license the light version of uh, OmniGraffle and I started to use that program just checking out the programs on the computer and I noticed it was great to draw maps over the stage and place out icons uh, of the speakers. And uh, yeah, it was probably 20 years ago. And I've been keeping using the program and like uh, I bought the upgrade license for new versions and the bigger, the full program. I kept it as a part of my software portfolio. And now it takes care of kind of all the graphical needs 
I'm a sound designer, so I have most programs on sound design and music composition. But on the, the graphical side, uh, uh, Omnigraphle takes care of, of most of the work that I need to do. And it's so funny, for something like sound design, you know, Omnigraphle, which is such a visual program, do you end up getting a lot of raised eyebrows or people asking questions about why, why you're using it? Actually, like when I, yeah, I use a lot of software programs, but uh, when I show like my sound map, People ask like, that's the number one question I get is, what program did you use to make this sound map? So it's, uh, I don't say it's Omnigraphle. Okay, oh, what's that? <laughs> uh, so I get more more question about that program than my sound programs <laughs> normally. I know that those of us that are listening that happen to be sound inclined as well would probably love to know what sound software do you use when you're designing sound or laying it out? What else shows up for you? Yeah, yeah. Ableton is kind of the my creative platform, and uh, I also have their hardware products that uh, the push. So I do. I work really quick in Ableton and with high quality. I, I really like it for sketching and to use it together with actors when they are rehearsing with the director. I can really like jam jam with them when I use Ableton. <laughs> and I uh, program the show. It's a program called. QLab that really like dominate uh, all over the world. I think in in stage production, so it's also like a part of that portfolio. And so I guess that's kind of the centerpiece. So and Omnigraphle <laughs> is also part of those programs that I've been been using. I've been using like both QLab and Ableton and maybe Omnigraphle. All of those programs when I was studying at the university, I started to use those programs and be keeping them like a centerpiece of my, for my career as a sound designer. You would send us an example, and I'd love to include it in the show notes too, for anybody that's interested in seeing what you designed, but an example of a map of all the sound data and what channels they go to. And it's a really interesting way to visually show not only the progression of emotion in a show, but also where there might be gaps. What led you to think about presenting the information in that visual way? Yeah, I was. Uh, I work uh, normally with set designers. They are designing, yeah, the the set for the actors to act in. And when the set designers start to work with the play with the director, they make a small model. Like what you see on stage could be huge, but they make it maybe in scale, like one to hundred, like a small house or something. And they make a presentation for the theater and for the director. Like this is what I plan to build. So I also wanted to make a, a model of the sound design. How could I possibly make uh, something that I could, before I produce it, I, I can make a plan that people can understand. So I made this, uh, I call it a sound map, and it's a timeline from the start of the play to the end of the play. And I put out like visual icons for all the sound effects and all the music. And uh, yeah, if you have a special effect on the microphones or something, and then I can present show that to the director or the, the actors and we can talk about specific parts of the play what happens when the house burn yeah we want fire but yeah <laughs> stuff, stuff like that and I and I also used it like sometimes I work with the sign language uh, theater groups and it can also be directors that are deaf themselves so they can't really hear my sounds that I make for the show but they can really like, they really enjoy the, those uh, sound maps where they visually can see all the sound effects and all the music. And they can say, I like some more music here or I don't like that sound effect and I, I can take it away. 
it really is brilliant to be able to see this sound journey mapped out. Uh, you get an idea as to what sounds are happening at what points during the production. So you see animals for animal sounds. You see a skull and crossbones for somebody that probably didn't make it to the next scene. Um, but also another layer here that shows all of the different sounds that are mapped. You get an idea for how full of sound a certain section is and also a map of emotions for the play as well. There's a lot showing up right here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, it really is brilliant. Uh, for somebody that's interested in sound design or even mapping out information visually, I know those are two different directions you could take this question. What great first tips might you have for somebody that's that's looking to head in those spots? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you would like to visually map out, I think it's a great way to start that you make a plan, <laughs> kind of a visual plan before you do the big investment in uh, producing the content. So you could use a program like Excel, I think, with like, just like uh, with the, do different boxes for the different scenes if you work with a play there in my case. But uh, we, I work with OmniGraffle, your program. So it's, I think it's much more flexible and it fits me good because I, I think I can be in the creative zone and it allows me to drag pictures in and out and change the size and the colors. And I think the color schemes are really great. Just to get an overview, it's really good. Eric, as advice for somebody behind you in their career, they see what you're doing and they think, man, this is really cool. Do you have anything that you would recommend people avoid? Uh, I hate using the term mistake because I don't, you know, we are where we are. We're talking right now. So it's, it's hard to say a mistake or a regret, but something that when you were in your journey of your career, look back and say, you know, I don't think I would have done that again if I had the opportunity to do it today. And just something that you could advise somebody behind you in, in their career with. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it's a mistake, but uh, yeah, kind of in the beginning of my career when I was working with directors and I were kind of sketching some uh, soundscape or sound effects or music. Uh, yeah, I was really like scared to show it because it's maybe it's not good enough or maybe it's the wrong feeling or uh, maybe, yeah. So I, yeah, I thought this was a really like hard step to take the first time that you show your work to the world or, or to the your collaborators but now i'm not so where i am now i'm not so worried about that i try to just produce something and i try to put it in context and together with the director and the, and the actors and i think i it's very seldom that i know what is going to work before i test it together with my collaborators so i just try to produce it and get it out there and and show it to someone get some feedback it don't have to be perfect. So my advice is to just to be brave and to show it to your collaborators and to get feedback and it will take you further and try to put your own feelings aside and try to, to work in a iterative way. You show it and you make your, like the first version and the second. And now normally when I'm ready with something, when it's ready for the opening night, it's maybe version number nine or 20. <laughs> I do like many versions that I, I show. So it's uh, it's never the first version. Well, yeah. Man, Eric, if that isn't the truth, I, I had a mentor who used to always say, build in public. And the idea of iterating and then showing those iterations actually helps you get to the right result faster, but it would 
it would terrify me because uh, my current process was to go into the cave, you know, and then once you're done going into the cave and editing or getting something done, you'd hold it out on a silver platter and say, you know, ta-da, and here it is. <laughs> yeah. And I do love that advice about iteration allows you to get to that right result faster. Um, that's what we all want. Yeah. And just showing your own work to your collaborators when you're in process, it will also change their path and maybe change their expression. So you make it like, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, the overall results, a better result because the direction changes faster because of the, the tighter feedback loops. Exactly. Yeah. Eric, what haven't we asked you or additional context? Would you like the world to know about you? Yeah. Hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> Just fill in. I can say I um, I worked a lot together with my wife. Uh, we met at uh, theater school, and uh, now we are producing like a lot of uh, theater performances. Since I started school today, I've been uh, doing more than hundred hundred shows. So it's I feel I done uh, many different things when it comes to stage art. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. You mentioned the hundred shows or, or so many different experiences that you've had, uh, the very feedback loops that uh, I'm or we're terrified of uh, is the very thing that gives us that confidence as we continue to do it over and over again and that expertise. Uh, I love this conversation. Eric, how can folks find out more about you and what you're up to with theater and, and sound design? They can check out my website. It's judet.com. It's in Swedish, but it spells like L-J-U-D-E-T.com. And you can also find me at Spotify, Erik Hedin. Uh, yeah, search for me there. Or at sometimes I put up something at uh, Twitter or X, it's called now, I think. It's Erik Hedy without the N on the, in the end. Or LinkedIn or something like that. This is so cool. Eric, thank you so much for sharing how you use OmniGraffle to get stuff done in your work. One of the reasons I feel like I say I'm honored is because getting to do this show and talking to some of the most interesting people who just happen to be using Omni software to get it done, it's really cool to talk to you. Thanks a lot. It was a great, great honor to be a part of the show. <laughs> hey, and thank all of you for listening today, too. You can find us on Mastodon at the Omni Show at omnigroup.com. You can also find out everything that's happening with the Omni Group at omnigroup.com slash blog.